Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Hook and Landry. Yes, we are midway through December. Hard to believe, but we are here. We have a really firm grasp of... Uh, what's going to happen in the uh, SEC championship game um, because of a shoe, um, basically. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, if you can't, if you haven't been to LandryFootball.com, you're absolutely crazy. you got to get to LandryFootball.com. It is phenomenal. Uh, you'll learn more than you ever thought you could about football. You will be the expert around the water cooler, no question about it. So go to LandryFootball.com to learn more chris the shoe um the shortest question i've ever asked i I, I was about to say yeah i've got both of my shoes on but if you tick me off i may just throw it across the room here you know (laughs) how dumb was that you know it was about as dumb as you have you know uh, has anything but i i kind of tend to look big picture on it so Look, people will look at it and say, oh, you know, kids will have their moments and all that. It's all about how you structure and how you, I hate to put it, use this term, but program your players to understand that when you make a big play, when you score a touchdown, whatever the case may be, a big sack, you know, celebrate briefly with your team. Don't absorb a lot of energy to do things that are not conducive to performing well on the next play. And you don't, you know, Dave, you don't have to worry about crossing the line if you never approach the line, okay? You just, there's a certain way that you do things. Instead of worrying about, uh, we can get away with this, we can't get away with that, just don't go down that path. And to me, it's a sign of the overall lack of discipline on the field. Look, you've got Dan, who I think the world of, you know, kind of acted in his gyrations on the field going on at halftime a few weeks ago. You got him, you know, we've seen him in the past charging the field and showing a lack of control. Why are like Darth Vader? Yeah, so, exactly. Funny, but and and those, really- yeah, those are funny, you know, but, but making fun of that. And so my point is, if you don't do all the little things to make sure that you emphasize you know, how important certain things are, then, you know, this, this leads to that. I'm not saying because he ran onto the field or he dressed like Darth or did, that, that the guy does this. The point is, is that's not emphasized. When something like that happens, the discipline of how you deal with yourself is not emphasized enough. This is not 
targeting where you hit a guy a little high in, in the course of a play. This is just stupidity that makes no sense. Who would think to do that? Why would you even go down the path of doing anything, grabbing a shoe, grabbing a towel, throwing your helmet? None of that stuff is allowed. None of that stuff is going to do any good, and 100% of the time it's going to give you a 15-yard penalty. And look, if you do that when you're up by 50 in a game, people may think it's cute. But when you're in kind of a mindset that that stuff is okay, well, then if it's a third down play and you're getting off the field and it's a tie game and you're going to get the ball in pretty good field position with the score tied, likely a good chance to win it in regulation. At the worst, go into overtime. But you give them 15 yards and life, it was that you undermine what you did as a player on that defense to give yourself a chance. Cause quite frankly, this is a game in which the defense continued to struggle, but the offense for Florida did not do what it normally does. They normally are unstoppable. They played with a little bit of lethargy. I thought they played, uh, you know, uh, the turnovers, the mistakes. Look, I mean, the, the, ineffectiveness in the red zone, the pick six. There's a lot of mistakes there. And I, I think as a little bit of an overall, it was funny because the game was in a fog, but they kind of played in quote-unquote a fog, but literally it was in a fog. In essence, I think everything, the tone that was set, Kyle Pitts could play, but we're not going to play him. You know, that's sending a signal. This game is not as important. We can beat them without pitch, which by the way, they could have beaten LSU without Kyle Pitts. But when you send a signal with that to your team, you're saying this game is not as important as next week. It's not as important. Well, all of a sudden that starts to get into it and it filters in and you take a team like LSU, who's ready to go down for the count. You give them a little confidence and it leads to all that. So I, I see of it as more of a big picture, big picture issue. And is something that Dan needs to learn from because he's a really good coach. He's a really good play caller. He's really good at adjusting in games. But I, I think his teams have started out slow consistently, and I think they just were exposed this past week and in an embarrassing way. And they have eliminated themselves out of any possibility of making the playoffs because if they were to upset Alabama, they are not going to get in even as the SEC champion, and it's not going to happen. They're not going to beat Alabama. But if they were, they just blew their chances of making the playoffs with that. It felt like to me throughout the game that, and this sounds, I know this sounds weird because LSU just had one of the greatest seasons, if not the greatest season in college football, but they're not having that great season this year. It felt like to me they looked at LSU and they thought, well, we got this. Yes. We're, al we're already thinking ahead. Yes. Which is cr crazy to say for a defending national champion, but that's that's what it looked like throughout the game to me. And that's, to be honest with you, there are many reasons why Nick Saban is at the most elite level. Yes, he recruits at the highest level, but he demands that you recruit hard every day as a staff. 
that you do everything to evaluate properly as a staff, that you recruit and you demand of your players, that, that he demands that his players get developed. He demands that they're constantly looking at what they're doing schematically. And he demands to every one of his players. Every practice is important. Every period in practice is important because in order to be great, if you don't get better Monday and Tuesday, if you don't improve on Monday, then it's like building blocks. And if you don't bank one day after another, after another, after another, you will ultimately get tripped up in the end. And so this is why when he plays, I don't care if he plays one of those rent-a-win teams, it's about how do we get better? This is why Jalen Waddle is returning kicks when people quit. Because if you can play and you're healthy, by God, we want the best out of everybody at all moments. And that's why they never get tripped up like that. Now, I'm not saying Florida is Alabama. They're not as talented as Alabama. But they also don't have the mentality of Alabama because you're 100% right. They played that game, Florida did, as if they had it in the bag. Well, if you don't do the things that allow you to be successful, then you will cease to have the success down the road in future games because you're going to start bad habits. What's the old saying? Dave, Dave, you've been successful in writing and in sales. Oh, you know, I can take the day off and all that. You know what? Once you take a day off, it's easier to take the second day off. And maybe, maybe, you know, and we get this sometimes after the holidays, right? You come back the first day, well, I can't throw myself all into it. Well, it's human nature. That's what, of all the things that Nick Saban does better than anybody. I've seen a lot of guys recruit well. I've seen a lot of guys coach well. I've never seen anybody keep his guys every day focused on it's a different day, and what you did yesterday doesn't matter. It's about being better today than you were yesterday. And that focus is why he never gets tripped up. You might beat him, but he doesn't get tripped up. Florida got tripped up because they weren't ready, and that comes from the top. No, I agree, and um, I don't want to make too big a deal out of it, but I can still remember um, to to tie it back to a, t- a game I was covering that 2001 uh, lost to LSU uh, when Tennessee lost LSU, and they would they would have gotten beat by Miami in the Rose Bowl. I feel pretty certain on that, but they would have been in another national championship, which would have been their second and four years. And it just yeah. seemed like that started the downward turn of mm-hmm. that program. And they had some good seasons after, but it just didn't seem like they had the confidence that they were going to pull it out. I'm not saying that's going to happen at Florida, but you, you've got to wonder if the fans start to get down a little bit because, you know, they were ex- they were expecting a shot at the at the final four and they're not going to get that. Yeah, they don't even go into this game with that as a possibility. Oh, they may talk about it, and they'll be politicking. Oh, we played all the games, and I I get all that. They're going to do the politicking stuff as we do. The bottom line is they lost their shot. They lost a game. They had no business losing, and it was because of that. And that, again, not not to overstate it, but my respect for the consistency of what Saban does year in and year out is that. Tennessee had success. They couldn't sustain it. Why? 
They didn't do the little things that they did to get to the top. They didn't sustain it or continue it. And I think that's what most programs do. LSU last year to this year. I mean, on and on and on again. You see a lot of people have success from certain points in times to the other. But sustained success, don't see it. Sure, we'll talk about it. Gus Melzahn, Auburn, who's done? Gus has beaten Saban three times. Right. There's no consistency. Doesn't can't be Georgia. It's out of a job. And maybe fairly, unfairly, we can discuss that. The point is the lack of consistency. A lot of guys on the first round of the U.S. Open or the Masters can have a great round and are on the leaderboard. Do it four rounds in a row. You usually see some other people up there, right? I mean, greatness is about doing it on a continual basis, and sports is not a continuum. You meaning you have to start over every time, every round, every game, every practice, and you have to create that identity for your team every year, every day. And a lot of people don't do it. And it's a lesson for Florida that they let one get away because, oh, it was their year. They beat Georgia and they were now the new king, just like LSU and Ed Orgeron last year after beating Alabama. We're going to beat them in recruiting and going to beat them on the field. You know, we're, we're, we've arrived. No, you didn't arrive. You had a great year. But no. arriving is, you know, you arrived last year and then you disappeared. You know, and that's the difference between, you know, a one-off, as they call it now, or as a, as a flash in a pan, or consistency. So that's what makes the run that Alabama's been on so impressive. And got to give Auburn credit. I mean, um, uh, Clemson credit because, you know, they've been consistently good. So I think that's a lesson for Florida. You got to show up every week. They've started off slow the past several weeks. They found a way to win. They just got themselves in a moment to where they started off slow. And LSU, who they had written off for dead, showed up and were kind of embarrassed and were playing a lot of young guys. And some of the older guys that weren't playing, you know, for their NFL draft stock were playing hard. And, and it ended up getting them. And yet uh, Florida still could have won it late. And it still was about a pick six. And it was still was about ineffectiveness in the red zone. It They still win it with all of that if it's not for the shoe. But yeah. all of that happened. And there you go. And that's what can happen to you, folks. And that's what a guy like Nick Saban is going to use this week, don't you think? Hey, Florida's going to come in embarrassed. If you don't play your best, you know, you think Nick Saban's going into it and saying, you know, we're not, we're going to sit some guys and hold them to when we play Clemson. That's not the mindset. It's not so much that the player itself needs to play for you to win. Look at how good Alabama's been, even without Jalen Waddle. But the point is, if you say, all right, I don't need to play this guy, or this guy doesn't need to be a part of it, you're sending a signal to your team. This game, this practice, this meeting is not as important, which is why you don't get late for meetings. You don't not late for practice. You know, you, you don't lollygag in practice for one snap. If you do, you're going to get caught out and you're going to get replaced. That's the difference between good and great. I agree. Um, and a guy who was not great, but was very good at times, but just the absolute 
picture of inconsistency was Gus Malzahn. It wasn't just with Gus Malzahn, there's good year, bad year, good year, bad year. It's, I'm going to take over the offense. No, I'm going to turn it over. No, I'm going to take over the offense. No, I'm going to turn it over. It just felt like at SEC Media Days that I was, it was like deja vu. Like, didn't didn't he just say he was taking over the offense two years ago? And the, the two years before that, um, I always thought that lack of direction and listen, you get Cam Newton, good things can happen. But I always thought that lack of direction was a real t- telling tale for for Gus Malzahn. And I'm not surprised he got he got fired. But to to kind of turn it forward a little bit, your thoughts on you mentioned it last week. We didn't have time to get to it really, but you you talked about how Auburn's kind of a quirky place. I've always heard that as well. Um, so would they make a Hugh Freeze move? Who who are some candidates you're hearing? Well, it is interesting because as they call it the Auburn family, you know, they uh <laughs> they're they're really big into that. Um having their Auburn family. A quick thing on Gus. And this is because this is going to shed light on where Auburn is and where they're gonna go. Um Gus would have was fired two years ago. I mean, they, they were going to, they were going to fire him two years ago. They didn't have an athletic director. The president kind of went rogue and was embarrassed. Didn't know what to do, but was embarrassed and didn't want to lose his coach to Arkansas. Cause Gus was being wooed by Arkansas. Also, we thought Jimmy Sexton at least made it seem that way. Whether no, it was Jimmy, not, Sexton, Jimmy Sexton wouldn't fib about no, it. He, like he, no, no, no. An agent only only lies when their lips are moving. No. But but wh- whether it was true or not, that was the perceived notion. So they just gave him a boatload of money. That's would have been the time to fire me. Here's what I always tell administrators and coaches: Look, it, back then. If Arkansas wanted to hire him, <laughs> send him a fruit basket and say, hey, you know, take him. Don't look at it, get embarrassed that Arkansas hired him. Look at it as a great way to get a fresh start, start and it don't cost you a darn thing. Now they're going to do the same thing. They got more of the same with Gus and now, but a lot more expensive now, man. But this is what happened. Million dollar buyout. Yeah, and you know when you're when you've got people in an administrative positions that don't know how to hire and don't know how to evaluate, they're scared to hire a coach. They don't know what to do, and so the the issue always has been, you know, the, the athletic director that they have. You know, Allen's not going to make this hire. In fact, I, 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 I he's not going to be there. I, he's just not an Auburn guy, Allen Green. He's, it's not going to be there that long. I mean, and that's not how they do it at Auburn. It's it's going to be, you know, the guys that normally do it. Uh, um, you know, the yellow man, Jimmy Rain, and uh, old Raymond over there, which I forgot his last name. They, the, the big power bro- broker guys are going to be. Is Bobby Louder still is involved? Bobby Louder is not, is, is yeah, not in that role anymore, you know, okay. when, ever since the whole banking business and all that. He got in a, he, but he was the main guy, and he was he was the guy making decisions. Then they got different guys now, but same process. So and it, and it is about guys in the Auburn family, and so getting people to agree is going to be a challenge. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm getting ready to do a piece on LandryFootball.com that's gonna go into a lot more details. So I want you know to to to, make, to give the cliff notes version is there's they're they're not they're split on Jew Freeze. So my my sense in my read is is he won't be the guy because there's some in a yay, some in a nay, and just not sure. Um, in my opinion, when it's all said and done. In some way, shape, or form, it's 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 going to be likely Kevin Steele to be the new head coach, or wow. he's going to be a part of it because that's he, exciting. He, he is <laughs> the defensive coordinator who has become part of the Auburn family. You know, he has he's really ingratiated himself with those booster types, and the defense has been consistently well coached and good. He's been around forever, and I think they're going to try to say, can we piece something together? Maybe, you know, and, and would Kevin be willing to stay if they brought in the right head coach? And so that's where there's maybe a shot that it's a Hugh Freeze if he's willing to keep Kevin. Or, you know, uh, I don't think Mario Cristobal would take the job. I don't think Mario Cristobal is the answer for Auburn. Um, and it's this is not a Billy Napier. It's not a Scott Satterfield. It's not a first-time head coach. Um, I'm going to leave this for the podcast. Uh, I will tell folks the guy that I would hire. I don't think he's going to get the job, but I think he'd be a great fit. Um, he doesn't have the Auburn ties, but he's got a lot of Southern ties. He's been very successful. I just think it's a good job. I think it's tough because I think it has to be a job in which you put in position an infrastructure of consistency for when Nick Saban leaves. Because the bottom line is, at Auburn, they expect them to compete toe-to-toe with Alabama and Nick Saban, and that's not going to happen. Nobody does it. So, And, and if, if it's about beating Nick Saban, well, they just fire the guy that can do that probably better than anybody. I know Hugh Freeze has had some success. But I think it's going to be real interesting. Um, I do think they're a lot further along than people think. I think that they're not going to make the announcement probably all that quick. But I think they're very, very close to – I think when they made the decision, they got their guy. And I think in some ways, shape, or form, I think Kevin Steele is going to be involved in it, and we'll see how this plays out. But um, it's a good job. But it's a tough job because you have to play Alabama and Georgia every year. And so you're starting out where it is it is really, really difficult to you could have a great season and be ten and two. And yet there are gonna be some people that are gonna be ticked off at you if you don't beat Alabama and Georgia. And I think the the best coach who could do the best job is still gonna get criticized for going ten and two to some degree and that's not going to change until Alabama comes back to the pack and it's not Alabama it's Nick Saban's Alabama that's the day everybody's chasing him and everybody's going to likely be second most years unless you get a, a, a LSU one year that's fine LSU's program is not as good as Alabama's they were better last year and we've seen Auburn do it a couple of times you know, represent the West and, you know, beat Alabama. That'd mean their program is consistently as good. And that's going to be the challenge. And that makes it tough because the expectation, they feel they should be that. The reality is 
Auburn's one hell of a job. You know that, Dave. But it's not as good of a job as their guys think. And that is mostly the case with most fan bases, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But I'd rather have Gus Malzahn than Kevin Steele. At least there's an exciting offense out there. And the thing about Kevin Steele, that has – I don't believe in the winning press conferences thing. I think that's way overdone. But that has as much sizzle as wet cat food. <laughs> I mean that. Is- yeah, and I'm not. I'm not selling you on that. I that's where I would go. As I said, I would go somewhere different. But I'm reading the tea leaves of what I think is going on at Auburn, and what I think is likely going to happen, including some of the first couple of calls that may not go as well as they think they're going to go. And I think in the end, I'm telling you kind of what I think is probably going to happen. So it's a little bit of a forecast of what I think is going to happen. Certainly not. the That's certainly not what I would do. I will say this, Kevin Steele, the one thing that has been good with Auburn over the years is they've been well coached on defense and well organized there. I think the biggest problem Look at this year. Look at the job that they did with replacing all those defensive guys. The defense has kept them in games. Oh, they've given up plays. Very, very young. Consistently speaking, they develop, they recruit, develop, and coach at a national championship level defensively. And it has a lot to do with Kevin. I think the reason why they would consider doing it is because those key guys, he's kind of considered part of the Auburn family. So when they made this move, in my mind, they've got somebody in mind, but their fallback plan is Kevin Steele. And they feel like and have felt like they'd rather have Kevin Steele than Gus. They've had it with Gus. And so they know they can get Kevin Steele. So I think Kevin is not the first or second choice. I just think he may end up being the guy when it's all said and done. That's how I read it. And I'll listen, I'll keep everybody posted on any updates on it, but that's how I sense it in the early stages. You know, there's really not a slam dunk um, coach out there out of the names you just mentioned. I'm not just talking about for Auburn. I'm talking about for most anybody. I can remember years where I was sure that Urban Meyer was going to do a great job at Florida. Um, there have been other years I was sure that Nick Saban, not to this extent, but was going to have success at Alabama. <clears throat> right. Um, you know, I, a lot of people thought that about John Gruden, but this cycle, I don't, is, is there a slam dunk guy that you would say I'm betting on years pay that this guy's going to win a championship? Well, there are a lot of guys that I like, but again, Auburn wants a certain type of guy that really limits you. In other words, um, you first of all, for the Pollyannists out there, no, Urban Meyer is not going to turn down coming back in the coach and turn down Texas to take Auburn, okay? <laughs> no. Okay, Bob Stoops is not interested in, in Auburn. Um, it sounds like and, a Tennessee coaching search. Yeah, you know. Um, Every big name you could think. Bill Cower. Now, let me, let me say that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, let me give you a name that's been brought up that um, 
they're not going to – some of the fan base would be interested. They're not going in this direction. But I believe he would give it strong consideration even at this early stage, and that would be Lane Kiffin. We've seen an Ole Miss coach leave to go to Auburn, but timing's not – that's not where Auburn wants to go and not interested in going. But and, – and, and so obviously – but I, but I think that would be interesting. So guys that would beat, look, Neil Brown is an outstanding coach at Alabama, Birmingham, a guy that knows how to do things, but he's Alabama, Birmingham. We're Auburn. We're not going to do something like that. That's just not us. Um, it's not going to be a, a Will Healy or, a, um, you know, a Jamie Chadwell type of guy. Um, you know, Matt Campbell is an outstanding coach. They're going to go and get another Iowa State coach. Remember, Gene Chizik was – why was he hired at Auburn? Because he had a background at Auburn before. He was an Auburn guy. You know, so it's that sort of thing that they look for. Um, I don't think that, you know, they'll uh, – it, it, uh, to me, I think Tom Allen is outstanding at Indiana. And a really – I mean, I think it'd be a great – Auburn has got their own type of guy. Well, that limits you. Dave, I mean, you know, who's part of the Alabama family? Now, they need to get out of that, but until they do, I think they're very, very limited, which is why, all right, Mario Cristobal, quote-unquote big name. Mario Cristobal is, by the way, they're going to be playing in the Pac-12 championship game, not Washington. Washington's got COVID issues. How about the Pac-12? So Washington won the West, won the North, but they don't have – they have zero offensive linemen available. They're all under COVID protocol. So why Oregon gets put into that game uh, to play USC? What, what a what a cluster that is! But you know Mario has got background as a recruiter, and he was at Alabama. But I don't think Mario wants any part of coaching against Nick Saban in the West. No. And quite frankly, I mean, I know he's done a good job with a program there, but man, you're talking about somebody that's flubbed up some game day coaching situations at Oregon. My goodness, let that happen on the plains a couple of times. Uh, you, you talk about a talk about a disaster. Um, and he, again, Hugh Freeze looks like the home run hire guy that background in the South, coached in the SEC, proven good recruiter, had success against Saban. If they can all get on the same page meaning the boosters all agree that 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 we can make this work. And if, you know, let's say Kevin Steele says, I'd like to be a part of that, and, you know, could that possibly work? Potentially. It doesn't sound like that's where it's headed, though, because there's some people thinking, well, he's not part of the Auburn family, and, you know, and you got the Hugh Freeze, you know, the typical stuff that you hear with Hugh. I, you know, that that's that's the early read on it. And I'm curious to see, though, with a couple of those phone calls don't go the way they want, Dave, they, they might take a look at it. Because I, I think they can get Hugh Freeze. Hugh might – people tell me that – that that if he could have either one, that he would probably prefer the Tennessee job. Um, but you know, bird in the hands better than two in the bush, right? No, Auburn's, 
Well, well, I mean, Auburn. <laughs> uh, 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 Auburn's open. Uh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Auburn is open. And if Auburn opens it, I don't know that you turn it down if you, you freeze to wait for Tennessee and you, you don't know what's going to – you know what I mean? Because I, I thought you meant Pruitt was the bird in the hand. I'm like no, – No, 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 no. I, I think the job the job openings, if you're Hugh Freeze, yeah, okay. you're, if you are if you got a chance to go to Auburn now, um, I don't think he turns that down. I just don't know – well, right now, I know for a fact they're not on the same page with that. And again, that makes it difficult because Alan Green's not making this hire. The president's not making this hire. This is the booster. So it's really what Yellow Man and, um, and the other guy want and a couple of other guys that are writing the checks because they are writing the checks to make Gus go away. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if he, you know, that's how that's going to, that's going to be interesting. So it'll be interesting to see too, if he sits, um, in a lesser role like, uh, Butch Jones did just to get paid by his former school. And now Butch Jones, as soon as his buyouts up, he, oh, takes man. State job. I'm sure that's just coincidence. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's, of course, uh, the sarcasm is dripping from your, <laughs> it's yeah. You gotta love Butch. Huh? He's played that out. He's made, he's collecting all of Tennessee's money and making 35 grand from Alabama on top of it to learn He's been happy as a lark at Alabama, and no pressure. He's, he's no pressure, no nothing. They've got, I think, two payments left from Tennessee. So he says, "Okay." So he gets a job, and he basically is milk that Tennessee cow dry, <laughs> and can jump. And now, now whatever he's getting at Arkansas State is much more than the thirty-five grand he'd be getting at Alabama because they're not paying him anymore. They're not giving him a bigger role. He goes and becomes a head coach. He has mastered how to do that. He's not quite Kevin Sumlin like. Kevin Sumlin took all that money from A and M, no offset, goes to Arizona. They owe him a good, you know, twelve million. <laughs> Oh, seven and a half million. And, you know, he coached at Arizona like he was living off the money at AM was paying him. He had he didn't bust a grape at Arizona. They got the worst roster in that in the Pac 12. Um we're, we're that that's another issue that we'll get into another time and day. These these administrators who are clueless are getting worked by these agents, and most of them is a Jimmy Sexton type that will absolutely given these offsets Gus has got no offset what a deal what a bleeping deal meaning he doesn't have he don't need to he can work somewhere he can do anything Auburn still gotta pay him the full amount oh I was not aware of that complete a full it's no offset he gets oh, all of it. It's $21.85 million. They got to pay $10 million in 30 days and the rest of it in like, um, you know, monthly installments to it's paid off and there is no offset. So if he wants to go and be a coordinator, a high school coach, uh, whatever, if he wants to be a greeter at Waffle House, whatever he wants to do, he can do it for, and he can make whatever on top of that, he he is not offset by anything. It's a it's a phenomenal deal. On a serious note, to close this out, we've had a lot of fun on on the program today. But this LSU situation, 
you know, the I, I hate to use the comparison of Baylor, but I'm not the first. You've said it. Um, other people have said it as well. So I am going to go there. But the Baylor thing started little bitty. And then it got a little bigger. And a little bigger. And it got big. And then it got huge. And then it blew up. What are the chances that that happens to Ed Orgeron at LSU? Well, the the Baylor comments have come from inside LSU. My best friend is is pretty high up uh, in LSU's university, and and he's also very involved on the athletic side of things. Um, and that's what they fear. Now, it, it, it does. Do they know something? Do they feel the evidence that's been uncovered? It tells that no, it's just it has the the look and feel and the sound of it. There's an independent investigative company. They're going to pay about a half a million dollars for this legal firm, this law firm to come in and do a complete investigation, independent investigation on what happened, who knew what, and when then they know it. Um, and there are, look, there's, there's an evidence of at least one athletic administrator that, was sent a text by um, a player that he raped a tennis player on campus. And then, um, well, he sent a text to the athletic administrator. The athletic administrator deleted the text and didn't report it, which by law you have to. So you got some legal issues. You've got some ethical issues. You've got a lot of things. Did it happen that way? Did, did did now the report is well? He denied that he did it. Look, the 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 short answer is I don't know what happened. No one does. the inv- The investigation will determine whether it was a rape, whether it was other forms of sexual assault, how many, who knew it, who reported it, when they reported. All those things need to be uncovered. Um, there, there's no way for me to know you know, what really happened, but there's fear that it's going to be a lot of negativity. Who takes the fall? Um, what's going to come of it? We don't know. What did Ed Orgeron knew? No. When did he know it? L- let's be honest. If there's evidence that suggests that perhaps um, he knew something and it can be used as a way to fire him with calls and they would like to run him, then that there's certainly the chances of him losing his job over it is a lot better than, say, if this uncovered after a year, like after last year, in which somebody else is going to take the fall. You know, in essence, you know, can you prove that he knew it at this certain time? So we'd be naive to think that, the state of your pro, but, but it's not just, this is the most egregious issue, but then you've got the other issue where the, the John Paul Funes, the, 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 uh, the, the guy that was involved in the hospital fraud, who basically was the CEO of the fundraising arm of the Our Lady of the Lake Children's Hospital. And he was raising money and paying LSU players. Um, that's an NCAA issue. That's another thing that'll be investigated. Uh, I don't need to tell you that that the NCAA is taking up shop in Baton Rouge with the basketball coach, Will Wade, which 
Some of us yep. are still shocked that he still has a job. So I don't know what's going to come of it because I don't know what's provable, what's not, and I don't know what 100% happened or didn't happen. There's certainly a lot there. There's a lot of smoke. We'll just see if it's smoldering or it's if it's a five-alarm fire. Hook and Landry, every week we will visit with you next week and uh, enjoy the remainder of the football for uh, this week. And, uh, man, we'll talk SEC championship. And I got a feeling that's going to be Alabama. We'll look back on that game. So, uh, great stuff, Chris, as always. Go to LandryFootball.com if you want to learn more about football and be the expert in your circle. That's LandryFootball.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.